So the title of this morning's message is Living in the Space. Living in the Space. I want you to follow through with me with the illustration we've got. And it's, it's all going to tie together in just a moment. But God created man in the beginning in a garden. We still have gardens, don't we? I was raised in North Texas. We got to see my grandma and my aunts and uncles and everybody last week for Christmas. And, man, we would plant big old gardens there. We went to South Texas, and we'd try to do gardens, but we're living on a rock, and it was just really difficult to do that. But there's a lot of work that goes into a garden. In Genesis 2, verse 15 in the ESV, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Now, a common misconception might be for you, as it was for me, that the working was after the fall. Now you've got to work really hard. This is before they ate the wrong apple. God made the garden for Adam to watch over, to till, and to keep it. It's right there in our Bibles, Genesis 2.15. So we see that God's plan is for us to be working in a garden. And it's our job to keep it. We are just now in the very first day, the first minutes of 2017. It's a new season. It's kind of like hide and go seek. Ready or not, here it is. I mean, some people are like, I can't wait for 2016. I can't believe all the people that died that were famous and all of the different ones. It's like, oh my gosh, I saw someone say, if Betty White dies in 2016, that's it. I'm done. I don't know what they mean by that. And somebody else said, uh, a super old person is like, yeah, he didn't die. The the news alert is he's still alive. I think it's Keith Richards or somebody. It was just, it was kind of, it was interesting. All the things you see on social media. But the new season is here. How do we embrace it? It, It's it's funny because yesterday looks like today and it's not. It's actually a new season. It looks just like, the weather outside did yesterday, yet today is a new year. Everything in our entire economy worldwide is changing today. When you go to write your checks, anybody that still writes checks today, you'll still want to write 2016, but now it's 2017. The same thing is what's going on with us. And while today doesn't look like yesterday, may look like yesterday, it's not. Our church, when we tell them that we have a church, They may have a concept in their mind of what a church is, but our church really doesn't look like many other churches. At this very moment, there's more going on outside of these walls than there is going on inside this wall. So if you were to look at a church and say, well, what is a church? And I was speaking to somebody two days ago, and they, you know, I told them that we have a church and I'm a pastor, and, you know, it was like, Wow, I had no idea. I can't see that in you, but I can kind of see that in you now that I know that. They're immediately going to what they grew up with. They go, I don't really like church. I said, I don't either. I don't really like religion. I really don't like religion. See, we don't look like what church has always been. John Maxwell said recently in a message we were listening to, says there are tens of thousands of people that will never come into your church building, even after they get saved. And I sit there and I ponder that, and I'm like, it's again one of those things that my brain starts, you know, just twisting a little bit, because 
isn't our model that we think if you get saved, you got to come to church or you come to church and then you get saved and then that's how it works. I mean, man, if you're not going to church, you're not saved or you're really not right with God if you're not in church. He says, but there's people that have work that they're flying all over the country. They're, these are business people, the high, you know, high-end people. They're, they're flying on Sundays. They're going here. They're going there. And they don't have time. They've never been to church. When, even when they find Christ, and he's leading thousands and tens of thousands of people to Christ every year, they're still not flooding into the local church. Now, am I against the local church? Am I saying we shouldn't do this? Absolutely not. That's not the point. The point is, what is my perception of church? We look at the Great Commission when Jesus is about to go ascend after he's been crucified, raised from the dead, and he's about to ascend to go up to heaven to be our advocate in heaven. He says, go and make disciples in all the nations. Talks about going to your local area, into your country, and into the whole world. And that's part of our mission's focus here at Church on the Rock as well. But nowhere in that did it say, bring everybody into the local church. In fact, when they left and Jesus ascended into heaven, they were also going to temple. So here they are trying to follow the works of Jesus and on Sabbath going to the temple. And they kept doing those dichotomy, those two things that they're going back and forth until the temple people said, no more. You can't come here anymore. We do not want you. And then they started trying to attack them. They started chasing them. And we know that um, Saul became a really zealous person that's going after all the Christians and going in. I mean, he would come in with soldiers in a meeting like this, and they would just start pulling people out and executing them. They're trying to stamp out this Christianity thing. Jesus didn't say, go and gather everybody into a room. He didn't say, go, get everybody together, and y'all better pray the same way. Y'all better all believe the exact same thing. But he said the exact opposite. He said, go and make disciples. Make somebody that you teach them how to follow me. See, I believe what God has been revealing to me is it's not about churchgoers. It's about disciples. This Sunday morning worship experience will never stop. This is our core. This is who we are. This is what God told me to stay the course. Jump in there. Man, we got it. We're doing it every week. It doesn't matter whether or not we have a new person here or not. We're providing the avenue for it. But this church worship experience at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings, every Sunday till Jesus comes back, is not everything. It's a resource. So many of the times, it's been everything. It's the only thing. It's the only thing anyone does. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll go to church on Sunday morning. And then the rest of the week, eh, that's my life. But you see what I believe God originally called us to do. What Jesus was saying is, go and make disciples. They're outside the four walls. They might be in a place you call your garden. Can I have somebody help me with this, please? I want everybody to have one of these. This is a cool little thing that I got from Pastor Chris Hodges recently. 
And this is a very cool little illustration and a demonstration. When you get this, you're going to see at the very, very bottom, it says birth. And at the very, very top, it says 140. And it's got all the years and increments in between there of five. So what I want you to do is I want you to think, and and this isn't about being spiritual of saying that you know when you're going to die, but I personally believe, and I'm asking Jesus, that I'll be 120 years old. I want to see children, I want to see grandchildren, I want to see great-grandchildren, maybe great-great-grandchildren. But whatever that age is that you're believing for, I want you to pick that number. And it's not magical, it's nothing, anything crazy. Just pick your number. It may be 90, it may be... Please don't let it be really young, but you know what I'm saying? Pick a number. For me, it's 120. So at that number, I want you to fold the piece of paper over. Okay? Everybody with me? 97. All right. And when you do that, fold it over the other way, and I want you to tear it off. Okay? Everybody with me so far? So that... This is representing Jesus. This is where you're in heaven, the thing we're tore off. Now, the other side, I want you to find where you're at today. What your actual year, not for 2017, but what your actual age is today. And I'm not going to tell you what Miss Lenore's is. I'm just going to tell you that I'm finding my own here. I'm folding it over as well. We're going to do the same thing, fold it back the other way. And we're going to tear the bottom part off. Okay? So this represents everything up to now. Can you change this? We can't. That is like the vision that I had once before that God gave me that everything behind me was all washed away like I'm walking on the beach. So we're going to wad that up and throw that away. Whatever. This is, represents nothing we can have anything to do with. Now what are you left with? The space between when you were born and until you are going to be with Jesus. And it's not about the number of years that there are left in there, but this is the only thing we have control over. We don't have control over everything that was in the past, and we don't have control, much control over what's eternity, but this is where we're living in the space. This is what I have control over. This is what a new year looks like where I could say, okay, anything I want to change isn't about having a New Year's resolution that I'm just going to break in a few weeks. It was so funny last night. I'm putting a Facebook message out about the service. I'm so excited about today. And I already see gym ads popping up in Facebook. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Because this is the number one time of the year that people go and sign up for gyms. Our son Alec is very happy about that. But this is the only thing we can control. Habakkuk 2, verse 2 in the SV says, The Lord said to me, write the vision and make it plain, so that he may run who reads it. Now, you've probably heard that scripture before. You may have heard that scripture before. And a lot of 
motivational people say, okay, you know, if you're going to have an organization, you've got to make the vision plain. It's got to be something that everybody understands. And everyone that's in our church should know that we're all about getting people to get their to find Christ, to get free from their past, to find their goal in God, and to get to doing what God called you to do. Everyone should know our vision. But guess what? It isn't just about an organization. Habakkuk 2.2 isn't just for groups of people. It's for us personally. How will you know if you hit your target if you never write it down personally? So we talked about four services ago in the beginning of December... Like Dr. Kennedy gave a challenge to me, and I thought, man, this is so good. Be prepared for the first day of the year. Today's January the 1st. Be prepared. So now is not the day you're starting to think about your goals. Today's the first day that we start implementing our goals. Tomorrow starts our 21 days of prayer and fasting. What are you asking God for in those 21 days? It isn't just about not eating or not eating a certain thing or, or staying away from social media or not eating chocolate. All those things are good. Staying away from caffeine for 21 days. Whatever yours is, but it is about focusing our prayer as well on this is what I'm praying for, God. This is what I'm asking you for. I'm asking you for revelation for me. I know some people that are asking God for a word for them for 2017. I saw one of my friends on Facebook said, this is the word God gave me. This is the one-line scripture that God gave me for this year. I wasn't real happy with it, but this is what he gave me. This is what I'm going with. But let me now turn this back to what we were just talking about. What if we live in the space and now we turn our focus to the garden that God gave us? Who is in your garden? Where is your garden? We can plant a garden anywhere, can't we? We can find a garden that's already planted and start helping with it anywhere. When we first came back to Texas, um, Andrew and I actually went and had dinner at a restaurant, and our, we were going to visit some friends in McKinney, and... The server was not very happy with her job. I'll just say it that way. And so just trying to talk to her and become sociable and just being the nice, happy person that I'm trying to be. Just asking her, you know, hey, how are you like your job? How'd you come here and all that stuff? She goes, well, I worked at a different place, and I liked it so much better. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, it's called Twin Peaks. I'm like, what in the world is Twin Peaks? We've never heard of that in Texas. So she told us all about it. So we went and visited there, and we made friends with a waitress that was there. We prayed for her when she got a a baby on the way and just some trauma that was going on with her. And we still keep in touch with her a little bit today. And then she told us about another place in town. And it's funny because they were all being negative about places. And we felt God led us to go and visit that place, and that is the one that I've made reference to on many occasions that we go to regularly. And God revealed to us that that's our garden. But what is it about that place that makes it our garden other than God led us there? What, how does that define what we do? Well, when I know that that's my garden... I have intentionality to that place. That means the people that work there ought to know me. I ought to know them. 
over the course of three years now, four years now, at this particular restaurant, and they have a couple of them, so I know mostly at one place, I know all the managers. All the managers have my cell phone number. All the managers text me. I've had a manager have a death of a baby in their family I got to minister to. I've had different ones now of the servers that work there, the bus staff. They all know me, and most of them know about the church. Some of them have actually come to church here. Many of them are coming in the future days, and more of them are even listening to the podcast as we speak. So, hi, guys. But my intentionality is to know where my garden is. Where's your garden? Who is in your garden? See, because it's not about random, just throwing out the seed. And I think so much of Christianity in the past has been that way. It's like, well, I'm just going to wear my Jesus Loves Me t-shirt. And on the back it says, you're going to hell. And I'm just going to walk down. I'm just going to tell everybody, you're going to hell if you don't know Jesus. You're going to hell. And we are not getting anywhere. Same thing as if we just take seed and we just go throw it anywhere just randomly or like the airplanes that fly over and leafless just fly out. And, you know, it's like you're not getting anything accomplished. And that's how we look at the state of our world today. There's not been intentionality. But if I know that I have a garden, what am I going to do? I'm going to visit that garden. I'm going to watch out for weeds in that garden. I'm going to look for fruit to come from that garden, right? God told Adam, I put you in the garden. I want you to work it. And I want you to protect it. Last year, we had intentionality lists. I'm asking you to revisit that. I want you to look and see who is on your intentionality list. I want you to pray for them. I want to challenge you to pray for them every day. The next 21 days of prayer and fasting is a great launch for that. Jesus, I'm asking you for these five people to come to know you. These 10 people. This however many. It's not about the number. It's about who is in your garden. I want to tell you about the rule of five. Also from John Maxwell. He says, if I have a tree in my backyard that I want to chop down, and I take my axe every single day, and I go out there, and I hit that thing, one, two, three, four, five times. Tomorrow I come back, I do it again. One, two, three, four, five. The next day, I come back to that same tree, that same spot. One, two, three, four, five. What is going to eventually happen with that tree? It'll eventually fall. Now, the bigger the tree, the longer it's going to take hitting it five times in the same spot, and it's going to whittle it away. If it's really tiny, it may only take a few days. It may take a few weeks. But if it's a good-sized tree, Jesse brought us a whole bunch of wood last year, and I imagine that took a little bit more than just whack, whack, whack. I mean, he's like worked really hard to make it all 
there. But if we're just with an axe, and it's an average-sized tree, just putting a little bit of effort every single day. But you see, that's intentionality. See, you're not walking down the road just whacking on every tree you see. Just, okay, I'm going to hit four times on this one, one time on this one, two over here, two over here, one over here, and you just go crazy, and then nothing happens. All you end up with people with a bunch of scars. But isn't that kind of what the church has done? Everybody I talk to about God, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want anything to do with church. I went to church, and they told me I couldn't bring my baby into the sanctuary with me. They told me I couldn't bring my six-year-old into the sanctuary with me. They told me that I had to sit over there, or I had to do this. Or I, I've been coming here for all these years, and you're going to make me do this. I'm never stepping foot in church again. These are actual words people have told me in this last month from my garden, from where I have intentionality. It's not about whacking on trees all over the place. leaving people scarred. But it is about earning the right. See, my whacking isn't actually taking an axe and trying to break them down. It's the kindness of God that leads people to God. It's about me being there for them. You need a ride? I'll take you. You want to enjoy New Year's Eve? I'll drive you so you don't drive and, you know, possibly do more things than what you should and get, kill yourself or hurt somebody else. Drove somebody to Fort Worth last night, West 7th, all the way down there, way out of my way. Guess what we talked about all the way? Relationships. You need me to pick you up downtown Dallas and take you all the way to South Fort Worth? I'm happy to do that. You know why? Because that's the... 45 minutes I get to talk to you about Jesus not you're going to hell but this is my friend this is the person that changes my life can I share him with you so who's on your intentionality list can you pray for them every day can you use the rule of five keep that in your mind I'm going to do something for them every day Your place, your garden, isn't going to be my garden, most likely. My place isn't going to be yours. That doesn't mean I can't come visit you at your garden and you can't come visit me in my garden, but they're different. Now, the $20 million question, what if our gardens never come and sit in these seats? Who cares? If they have a relationship with Jesus, if they follow him, Because that's my only goal in life. Whether you're sitting in these seats, whether you never sit in these seats. This is a vehicle. Can you imagine if you've got a vehicle that's really nice, it's the newest one from the GMC plant, and you never, ever take it out of your driveway. Does it matter that it's really nice? Does it matter if it has great seats, the most comfortable seats in the world? If you never use it to go anywhere or do anything, What good is it? Andrew, I need your help again. Last year at this service, we did our prayer requests. 
And here's the ones from last year. So if you can pass those out. And here are the, the prayer requests that we're going to do for this year. Make sure everyone gets one of those, please. In just a moment, we're going to take communion. But I would want to challenge you with one other thing. Purpose for 2017 to do just a couple of things. You've already heard the first one, to have intentionality. To have your intentionality list. Put some names on it that you're believing for. Pray for them every day. The rule of five, do something to touch their lives every day and earn the right to tell them about Jesus. The second one, I want to challenge you to read Proverbs every day. There's 31 Proverbs, so there's one for every day. We're still going to be focusing on the Gospels as a church. We're still in John. I'm asking you to read through the book of John as many times in the month as you can. Chapter 1 through 17. It's not that much. You can read through it in a day or in a couple of days and then read through it again. We should know the words of Jesus. It should be full in us to know what Jesus says. It's great to read the Bible, but hey, we're trying to be disciples. We're trying to be followers of Christ. We should know how he worked. Of course, the one-year Bible. I always try and challenge people every year to join me to read through the Bible in a year. So as you get the prayer requests, sheets from last year, it's interesting to look at what you prayed for last year and what your intentionality was and what you're asking God for for 2016 and to see what God did. But now I want to turn your focus to the blank piece of paper that we gave you. It's your prayer list for 2017. You take just a moment. And I want you to fill that out. And then we have some envelopes again that you can put yours in, seal it up. Write your name on the outside so we know who to give it to next week, next year. Sorry. In about two minutes, we're going to take communion. While you're looking over all this, I'm going to pray for us. Father God, I thank you that not only is this a new season, not only is this a new year, there's so much going on in our world, politically. Lord, I thank you that 2017 is going to be a new year spiritually as well. Lord, that we launched in 2016, but where we're really going to start seeing our stride coming together is in 2017. Not because of the goodness of any one of us or even the sum total of all of us, but the goodness of what you want to do here in this region. Lord, you've called us to be in a garden. You told Adam, the garden's here for you to work in. We also have gardens to work in. It may be our places of work, our places of business. It may be a restaurant we go to. It may be our next door neighbors. I don't know, Lord. Lord, we're going to identify the garden. We're going to identify the people in it. Lord, we're going to make a difference for your kingdom 
this year. Father, I thank you that 2017 isn't going to look like 2016 because we're going to do things that are going to put a difference. We're going to launch out into the deep with you. And Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name.